0: so I don't often get the chance to talk to male models uh, but something I wanted to know is uh, how you sort of how you were discovered and did you have an interest in modeling before being picked up as a model
1: um so I'd always uh, I'd always had people telling me that I should get into it and it was something that I'd considered but I'd never really pushed myself to get into it and then um i was uh, i went to university in at uea in norwich and i was uh, walking through a shopping mall there and um they were running a competition for uh, norwich fashion week where the winner of the competition got signed with the agency and uh, i got spotted in the uh, in the shopping in the shopping mall and they asked me to sign up um So I did Norwich Fashion Week. Um, I didn't actually end up winning the competition, but uh, I still got signed off of that. And then uh, two other guys got signed as well um and then i signed to another small agency in london as well okay and what
0: was the what were your early influences and if you were interested in modeling before getting picked up was it just a case of seeing sort of ad campaigns or
1: um so i didn't really know much about modeling or how to get into it really so uh, that was my my sort of entry um and i didn't really have i mean i guess i was i guess i was a bit sort of anxious of what people would think if i'd sort of pushed myself into modeling because I didn't want to come across as someone that was um I don't know sort of capitalizing on their looks or whatever or even becoming uh getting seen as as arrogant in that way um so so I never really I never really sort of that was something that sort of took me away from it but then then that opportunity arose and then um that was what sort of pushed me to get into it, really.
0: What was the reaction of your family and friends like when you sort of started to get the ball rolling with modelling? Uh,
1: so the start was pretty slow. Um, the, uh, the agency that I signed with actually only gave me one job in the whole year that I was signed with them. Um, but I, I sort of pushed myself uh, through um, contacting people on Instagram. Um, So there was a brand called Absolute Fitness. um, And I contacted that brand and said, uh, can I shoot for you guys for free? Um, Because I needed to build my portfolio. And uh, I didn't really I didn't really believe that people should sort of pay because there's a lot of scams. I mean, uh, as you must know, that people are paying sort of 400, 500 quid for portfolio shots and they're just basic studio shots but people don't know yeah. how to get into it and they think that that's the best way.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of people there's a lot of people taking advantage of people looking to become models.
1: Of course, of course and then these people think that they're modeling agencies but they're not they're they're a technically agencies but they're promising to get people into modeling and and to get them signed and and obviously people are naive and they don't know how to get into it so um so they will pay that money and they think that it's a good investment but essentially it's not and i feel like the best way to sort of get portfolio shots is just to i guess uh go through hashtags on instagram um contact photographers and ask them if they want to shoot for on a test for print basis but i mean yeah. a lot of people don't know that test for print is a thing um for the people that are listening that don't know what that is it means uh the photographer is building their portfolio and you're building your portfolio. There's no money exchange. The exchange is content for each other.
0: And I think one of the things that's important is um, that people know that there's going to be a compromise on both sides. So if I have someone come in to do Um, test work and that person's also, you know, working on the basis of building their portfolio and I'm looking to sort of put some new faces in mine, then there's going to be a compromise in what we get out of it between us so that we make sure that both parties walk away with as much as possible.
1: Of course, of course.
0: So going back, your family and friends and when they first started to see your work, what did they think?
1: Um, So everyone was actually really supportive of it Um, and they they were, I mean, (laughs) I got a lot of praise for it. Uh, people were quite excited for what was going to happen, and and I didn't I didn't really know where it was going. Um, I mean, especially in the first few months, where I wasn't really getting any jobs, and I I was having to build my portfolio. But I really put a lot of a lot of work into getting a lot building up my portfolio with the most sort of diverse shots as possible. Um, and when I started posting those shots, people I was getting a lot of praise for those shots. People saying like ah. Oh, love this, love, love the work. And then that got me sort of more traction from other people that I didn't know. Um, yep. my family, I didn't really say anything because I was at, at university at the time. Um, I didn't really say anything to my family about it because I didn't really know what my family would think of it. Um, cause I didn't really see it as, as a career at the start, essentially. Um, it was more something that i saw could earn me like a little bit of money and it if it worked out, then that was cool. But I was just enjoying the process, really. Like it's it, just just shooting with people and, and having the shots come back was was really cool to see.
0: And obviously, now you're signed with an agency. How do you find working uh, within an agency?
1: Yeah, so um, I was signed. To, <clears throat> so I was signed to those two agencies, and I uh, I did a lot of freelance work at the time, and then uh, my agency now BMA. Uh, they approached me on Instagram and and said they're looking for a, a blonde head, blue eyed model, and I went in into the branch and then I signed with them exclusively. So uh, yep. I I've been with my other agencies for I think maybe like a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, so I signed with BMA and um, terminated my contracts with the other agencies.
0: And how does it generally work? Do you find do you find yourself getting sent to a lot of auditions and and sort of like casting type processes and you know how is it dealing with uh, the rejection that inevitably comes with things like that?
1: Yeah, so this this is the hard thing about modeling. So people have to build a thick skin because you will go to you will be sent to castings that I mean sometimes you you you're pretty confident that you're not going to get the job, but you never know what people are looking for. They might even have a brief when you they go when you go into the casting and then they might like someone that they didn't think that they were looking for and cast that person. So you never know. Um, so it's always worth going to the castings. Um, like I, I went to an Armani casting and being a blonde haired, blue eyed guy, I know I don't look Italian. So I was pretty confident <laughs> I wouldn't get the job. Um, <laughs> I still didn't get the job, but I mean, it's, it's, it's worth it. It is worth it.
0: Yeah, it's it's just something I think people misconstrue about modeling is that it's a lot of people throwing praise at you. And in actual fact, it goes the other way. And you quite often have to deal with people really getting quite personal with their their rejection of you in an industry sense. But also, um, something that I know we touched on when we we chatted during our shoot last week, um, was some of like the online feedback that you get. And something that I obviously hear a lot from female models is the sort of abundance of creepy guys that send them stuff but you uh you surprised me I thought you would get a lot of women kind of throwing themselves at you in your in your various messaging sort of uh areas and in fact you told me it was quite a lot of guys
1: <laughs> yeah it's a lot of guys I get I get um the odd uh like n- <laughs> nude pics and dick pics and stuff like that that are unsolicited but um but yeah I mean, uh, it, it comes with it on Instagram. You don't have to be a model to get that. I know people that are just sort of posting selfies and stuff like that, and they still get that. I mean, the, the internet and, and Instagram opens your mind up to how many strange people there are out there. And because <laughs> it's, over, it's online people, I feel, feel a lot more comfortable just being weird because it's not in person. It's not awkward. If someone sort of ignores their message and it's fine, they're just, <laughs> Go on to the next person and ask them for pictures of their feet or whatever.
0: <laughs> it's one of the weird things about the internet, right? If you take away the the in person aspect of an interaction, loads of people just turn into complete dickheads or raging perverts.
1: Yeah, well, people can show their true colours as well. So, like, the, <laughs> same with people being like leaving like racist comments and stuff like that, and then getting. Getting caught out for that. Um,
0: um, and as far as as far as modeling goes, what do you have in the way of like dream jobs? Are there any brands that you really want to work for, or anything like that?
1: Um, yeah, so I'd lo- I'd love to work with with someone like Adidas or Nike, um, and do do like a big campaign for them. Um, I'd like to do more sort of uh, more e-commerce stuff because the thing about e-commerce is e-commerce can be a rolling contract, so it can get you very frequent work. Um, uh and I know some guys that are sort of doing ASOS and they're they're getting sort of four or five jobs a month and they're getting consistent work. But modeling is one of those things where you can get a lot of work one month and then you can get nothing the next month. And I yeah. feel like it's why a lot of models can get into debt because some, say for example, they get a high paying job and they think they're doing they think they're sort of smashing it, and then the next month it might be a dry month. It's nothing to do a lot of the time it's nothing to do with, with them or what they're doing. Sometimes it is just like, say so for example, like January and February tend to be quite dry for modelling in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you can't base your most successful month as the sort of the, um, the meter for the rest of the year. You, you have to work with the idea that you're going to get nothing and kind of build from there.
1: Of course, of course. Yeah. Cause it's not like, it's not like a nine to five where you can say on the, say so for example the 15th of the month you're getting paid because there's there's invoices and and that's the way it works so you're not you're not paid the day of the job or the day after or whatever you it it varies sometimes you can get paid in in 2 weeks or a month or or whatever yeah it's-
0: so something that um kind of struck me when we worked together obviously for about the last 7 years I've spent a vast majority of my time around models Uh, male and female, and I think it's probably fair to say that by a fair distance, you're in the best shape of anyone that I've ever worked with or probably ever been around. Um, Do you you kind of declare yourself as a fitness model or do you see yourself as a commercial model? How do you see yourself with that?
1: Um, I would say a bit of both, but I think the fitness fitness modelling would more, I feel like fitness models are more in that sort of niche um, because a lot of these fitness models are quite big um, obviously they're, they're shredded as well, but they're, they're holding a lot of muscle mass, which doesn't always go well in, in commercial modeling. especially doesn't go well in, in high fashion. And I feel like that might be why I don't do so much catwalk stuff nowadays, because I, I'm, they want quite skinny guys. They want them to look quite androgynous. Um, and I feel like I'm sort of, on I, I feel like I'm holding quite a lot of muscle for a commercial model, um, but not enough to be a fitness model. Um, because there's there's difference between sort of men's physique and and bodybuilding. Um, but I, I wouldn't class myself as a fitness model. I do fitness stuff, but I feel like fitness model is, is a category for people that are strictly sort of physique based.
0: Okay, so on that sort of note then, um, as you're someone that's obviously uh, incredibly into your sort of health and fitness and we'll we'll go into that a little bit more but what's your opinion on like celebrities and influencers that are sort of advising on personal training plans and diets
1: and things like that? Um, so it's very varied and I think I feel like for people that aren't so clued up it, it's quite hard to sort of fil- filter the the bad and the good because I mean you can get some sort of high level influences say for example some people that go on on love island or whatever they get a lot of followers um and they start selling programs which might be good programs where they paid like a a personal trainer to make them a program and they capitalize on their followers to sell those programs um but they might not just because someone's in good shape doesn't mean that they're a good trainer i mean Nine times out of 10, you want your personal trainer to be in good shape. As an example, um, there are people that are sort of older that, um, have been in good shape before and have a good knowledge of how to train people. And, but I feel like if someone isn't motivated enough or doesn't have the knowledge to get themselves into shape, I don't think you can trust them to get you into shape if that makes sense.
0: It's kind of like if someone's got a terrible haircut you don't really want them cutting your hair.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true, yeah. Um
0: is there would it be fair to say now obviously I'm not someone that's particularly um well I'm I'm basically spherical at this point because I've kind of given up but um <laughs> In terms of when I was younger, so when I was sort of in my teens and my early 20s, I could eat anything and stay in an incredibly low weight because of the high metabolism and and sort of the lifestyle that you live at that age. Is there a problem with people that are just high metabolism that are kind of passing themselves off as like dedicated fitness people?
1: Yeah, so I think genetics plays a massive role. and um, But not only genetics, people. some people are chemically enhanced as well. And they're very... (laughs) hush-hush about what they're taking or if they're taking at all because a lot of sort of brand sponsors and and people that sort of look up to them won't look up to them as much if they're chemically enhanced because they'll sort of put it down to being chemically enhanced and a lot of the time it's not a lot of the time they do actually put a lot of work into it they just maybe don't have the genetics so they they use steroids to sort of get bigger or or whatever, but um but yeah, so I feel like you can't always trust the shape that someone's in to as as a sort of meter to to train you essentially,
0: and as far as uh, one thing I've noticed from following you on Instagram is that you're definitely using it seems like you're using isolation as a real motivator for your for your workouts and stuff how's how are you finding isolation and not being able to go to the gym and whatnot
1: um so I <laughs> I actually am taking a lot of positives from from isolation um, I feel like there's two types of people there's people that will use it as a time to rest and there's people that will use it as a time to sort of get ahead of the game and I feel a slight pressure as someone I feel like other people are using it to get ahead, and I feel like I should use it to get ahead as well. I feel like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity where we have complete control over our routine and obviously it's not it's not great being alone and and in isolation but the most important thing is keeping yourself busy and if you keep yourself busy and be productive at the same time the I feel like the sort of possibilities are endless and I feel like a lot of people who are stuck in nine to five jobs or whatever not not that there's anything wrong with a nine to five job but if they personally don't like it um they have time to sort of hone in on their talent. Like one of my friends, he works a, a nine to five job and now he's making uh, he's making music beats and he's very good. He's very talented, but we, he wouldn't have had the time to do that before. And I feel like it, this is a massive opportunity for people like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really sad for some people. I think when they come out the other side of this and and all they've kind of done is taken the opportunity to sit around and do nothing and complain and go on social media and they'll realize maybe in a year's time, hopefully a bit quicker, hopefully they'll realize now, but that there's an opportunity here to actually sort of do some things that you weren't able to do, take advantage of some extra free time. And, you know, we. All, one thing I think I, I've worked in a nine to five job, and I think a lot of people that work in nine to five jobs, what they do is they complain that they don't have any time. But then when you give them time, they say that they only use the time to rest because of their job. So they're never really actually motivated to use that time. It's just always a way of kind of complaining about not having the I don't know. It's a very bizarre sort of um, oxymoron to complain that you want the time. And then when you get the time, you only want to use it to rest.
1: Yeah, I understand that because when when I was in my gap year, I, I worked in a in a kitchen as a kitchen porter. Like a, not, not a great job at all. Very stressful, very demanding physically. And by the end of my shift, I was absolutely knackered and I, I didn't really train. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to sort of sit there and and just watch TV and then go to sleep. So I fully understand that, but I feel like if someone's working in, in like an office or something and then they're tired by the end of it, it it might be a lack of motivation. And um, going going back on uh, the, the gym thing uh, for, for isolation, you don't need a gym. And I, I actually trained myself uh, for three months without a gym um, because at the time I couldn't afford a gym membership um not but i couldn't afford it but i mean uh, i had other bills and stuff like that so that was the thing i sort of um i sacrificed because i know i know very well how to train my whole body uh using the weights and equipment i have at home because i have a i have a decent amount of equipment that i built over the years
0: what started your interest in fitness
1: um so i actually started fitness about 10 years ago um because i went to a boarding school and uh we had a gym at the school and there was—I remember there was uh, one Belarusian lad, and he was—he was really big guy, and everyone sort of looked up to him, sort of thing. And I—I I just wanted to be as big as this guy. I, I wanted to be—I uh, wouldn't say feared, but I—I I wanted to be sort of, I guess, respected in that way. And I—I saw it as a stress relief. Um, I was playing a lot of sports, so it had a lot had a lot of benefits, really.
0: Oh, perfect! It's—it's. It's, um, do you know what? If you can take anything. Um, that potentially like if you've got someone that's like, uh, got more than you in any way, if they're bigger than you, or if they've got more money than you, if they've got more followers than you, whatever, if you can turn that into motivation then that's exactly what it should be, it shouldn't be an opportunity to just kind of feel like you haven't got the same as someone else. Um, one thing we talked about last week that I really enjoyed, um, and I was quite surprised by was you talked about like the link between, um, health and fitness and meditation.
1: Yes. Yeah. And um, I know that's something
0: that you're very, you're very into. So I was just curious to know your thoughts on kind of using meditation within your fitness regime.
1: Um, well, I wouldn't say I directly link it to fitness. I meditate whilst I stretch and I would say that was the sort of the most direct link, but I feel like there's a lot of link between the mind and the body. So, so with fitness and, and sort of stress release and, um, just, just gaining that sort of focus really, um, I, I I don't know how to link it to fitness necessarily but I would say it's more health rather than fitness. Right. Um so yeah I just I just feel I, I actually the thing that got me into meditation was I watched a uh I watched a talk by Andy Puddicum. He is the creator of the Headspace app. I'm not sure if you know it. Um I've had he it, yeah. he uh so that sort of in a nutshell he got depressed and he went out to I'm I'm not sure where it was Peru or somewhere and he became a, he became a monk and then his talk was about how you don't need to become a monk to sort of get the benefits from meditation and um but when you really look up the benefits and and watching this talk I was I was thinking to myself like why isn't everyone not doing this and it's it's something that's blown up in in the last few years especially mindfulness meditation um because it's people get in their own thoughts and I was I I am very. I'm someone that gets in my own thoughts and I become distracted and, and find it difficult to stay in the present. But something that he said really stuck with me. And it was, you can't change the past. And the only way you can change the future is to be in the present. And if you're not in, in the present, when you're in the present, then that future is just going to be put on hold. And it was, that, that was something that motivated me.
0: Do you find it's important to have some kind of um, uh, attention on your mental health as much as it is on like your physical health.
1: Oh, uh, do, do, they ben-
0: do they benefit each other?
1: Of course, yeah, yeah. Because um, without going into too much detail with with hormones and stuff like that. Um, so the stress hormone is cortisol, and if you if you have high levels of cortisol, it will impact your. It will lower your testosterone. It will impact your ability to sort of train. Um, And and your motivation in in general and and cortisol has an effect on actually gaining fat. So a lot of people, when they're stressed, they gain fat. But not only that, people stress eat or they eat less. And that was actually something that I found. I I ate less because I normally have a a massive appetite. But when I'm stressed, I I tend to eat less and then I, I start losing weight. And that stresses me out even
0: more. So, I mean, something that's been really impressive, I've noticed over the last few days, I mean, please feel free to fill me in properly on the details here, but um, you started to kind of put together uh, programmes that people could be using for like like personalised programmes for their own fitness from home. So they could be using this isolation to kind of better themselves and get themselves fitter and make sure that they're not using this time to just kind of comfort eat or whatever um could you just tell me a bit about these personalized programs
1: yeah so it's i've i've coached people sort of on and off um for last year and it's it's something that i've just sort of enjoyed doing some people have have paid me but i've i've done it for a lot of my friends um, and it was it's one of those things that if you're good at if you're good at it don't do it for free Um, but I feel like a lot of people who are working out at home don't really have the guidance and they don't have a structured program and actually having a structured program is important for people rather rather than looking at these videos on Instagram that are just banging out sort of 100 100 squats a day or whatever it's not you're not going to make good progress you're going to come into recovery issues and and it's just a, it's just not a well-rounded program and I feel like a lot of people believe that not having a gym and you, you can't get into good shape, even people that are see, sort of seasoned gym goers, they they don't really know how to sort of get creative and probably because they haven't been in that situation before. So it's something that I've had to tackle when I when I sort of gave up my gym membership or, or throughout just training at home. Because um, I wouldn't say I go to the gym that much, maybe three times a week, but I'd say I train six times a week because I do three, uh, three sessions at home and, and I do like a cardio around that, like running. And I spend a lot of time on my on mobility because, um, I'm just generally tight in general. So I'll spend about half an hour stretching in the morning and, and half an hour stretching at night. And it's, it's actually very therapeutic because you can hold stress in the mind, but you can hold stress in the body as well, especially through the sort of chest shoulders and, and your neck. And And after you stretch it, it's, it feels, you feel that release.
0: So what information do you take off of someone then to work out a personalised programme without having sort of met them?
1: Um, so I will give them initial consultation. I will assess what their goals are, um, whether they want to lose weight, gain muscle, um, what, what their sort of training experience is, um, what they enjoy in, in the gym, um, what their diet's like, because their diet is, is very important. Um, I feel like a lot of people come to me for the diet side of things because they're, I have a few intermediate clients that are proficient in the gym and they know what to do to sort of gain muscle or retain muscle or, or whatever, but they don't know how to properly diet down and handle their macros, new nutrient timing, calories. And they just need a little bit of guidance for that because people will see me doing my cuts, um, and I still drink alcohol. I still have the odd sort of cheap meal, um, but I work it flexibly into my programs. And I feel like a lot of people see that and, and see that, oh, you don't need to just eat chicken, rice and broccoli all the time to, to get in good shape. <laughs> like it's, it's, that's not a thing. It's not going to be sustainable and you're just not going to want to stick to it. So it's, it's about making it good for the person. So I will always ask them what, what cheap food... Can you not live without? Because you have to, you have to incorporate that into the program. Otherwise, this person is just going to get stressed, and they're just not, they're not going to be motivated to to stick with it.
0: Something I've always heard is that if you basically cut everything bad out, you're just going to end up relapsing because you can't just cut everything out and start a completely new program. You have to kind of wean yourself across, and it's about sort of compromise and building yourself into a new um, way of thinking, rather than just doing like a complete dead start. On something new,
1: of course, of course, and it's you see people doing their sort of New Year's resolutions, and they aim to stop smoking, go to the gym five times a week, start meditation, start stretching, and, and you can't you can't tackle that stress at once. It's too much change for the for the sort of the mind and the body to to actually handle without getting stressed or, or, or losing your motivation.
0: No, exactly. So what I always try and do with these podcasts is make sure that people have got like your information to know where they can find you, obviously. So they can see your, your images from your modeling, but also if they have any interest in, in doing the uh, fitness programs or getting in contact with you for that, how do they find
1: you? Okay. So uh, my Instagram is at Kyle Vosper, K Y L E V O S P E R. Um, I'm in the process of making a website, but I actually take on my clients through um, Instagram DMs or, uh, yeah, I normally sort of transfer over to WhatsApp and and do the consultations through there because I I like to keep it as personal as possible. I like to get to know my clients, um, because at the end of the day, it's, it is a relationship between you and it's, um, it's quite a personal thing for you to change someone's diet. And, um, it's quite rewarding for me because it fitness and, and getting into shape can have so many benefits, and I've had some really nice messages where people have said, "Ah, oh, it's, it's changed my life, changed my relationships, and etc." So it's it's nice.
0: It's always good to have a positive impact on people. I do have to ask one question really quickly.
1: Uh, Vosper, where is that name from? Vosper is actually a German name, and I look very German, um, but I'm not in the I'm not in the slightest German. My mum was uh, my mom was Dutch, um, but I don't I don't know because my dad was my dad is adopted. Um, but he is Scottish. Um, so I don't know if his parents had sort of German in their roots or something because, um, I don't, I don't know cause I've never known his parents. He's, uh, he's actually 81. Um, wow. <laughs> he looks good. He, he's, he's doing all right for 81. Um, I mean, he's carrying a bit of weight, but he still goes to the gym every day. Um, but no, I don't know where the name came from.
0: Because it's a very sort of, because it's a different name, you stand out quite a bit with it. Um, one other thing I do really want to know is the first thing you want to do the second that this lockdown ends, what are you going to get out and do? I'm going to get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: the uh, best answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't know. I I think I feel like everyone's going to sort of go out and just get mortal and like there'll be a lot of events on but i'm not really planning for anything because it can it can be two months to even six months so i'm i'm fully settled in in isolation and just accepting that and just building a routine
0: yeah no absolutely i think um it's just so nice to see someone on on my on my social media that's actually doing something positive right now and has a positive disposition and is actively trying to get other people to be more positive. So, um, thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it, and um, I hope you uh, stay safe and have a great lock in.
1: No worries, mate. It's my pleasure.